to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me, as always, is Logan Stump. How are you today, Logan? Oh, is this StreamYard room actually stretching? Or is it just your imagination? Uh-oh, he's got the... Uh... Now I've got the Haunted Mansion stuff going. Is this... You got on me about doing the dinosaur one. <laughs> is this stretching? Whoa, Whoa it did stretch. How about that this? Was... That was fun. There's some. There's. Here you go. If you're not watching the YouTube, go you go watch out. the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we are here. There's some big news that happened. Logan was um MIA this weekend. He was, wow. um, yeah, at a wedding. So like, uh, he wasn't uh present for my um tweets that i was tweeting out i guess but i was tweeting some out and i was like oh i gotta make sure he knows that that some of these people (laughs) were fired because it all came hot and heavy yesterday uh after the weekend and i was actually shocked i was actually shocked that we got um two coaches fired we've kind of been talking about it what the past two or three weeks like when is enough enough but we i kind of thought it would be peter vermees but he saved his job you know against against seattle uh so then it was like i was actually the one i was most shocked by is as we jump in here ezra hendrickson let go from the fire um i I was always wondered how they were going to announce this you know chicago fire fire ezra hendrickson or you know they use dismissed in their verbiage but I was kind of wondering, like, how do you, you know, with the name Chicago Fire, how do you uh, say they fired someone? But Ezra Hendrickson let go. Chicago was starting out the season. They were they were pretty middle of the pack that sometimes they were in the playoff spot. Sometimes they were just out of it. They're down to 14th now, but they are still only three points from a playoff spot. Um as the East is, is getting more and more bunched up in that middle to bottom area. So I, I was actually just kind of shocked. Cause I was like, they, they finally felt like they were kind of going a little forward this year, though. They had those stretches that we talked about a week or two ago where they were conceding late, like equalizers and they were drawing instead of winning those games. I don't know. That, that one really got me. I was not expecting that. And I think that was the first one announced <laughs> too, actually. And I was like, wow, okay, we're we're moving in here. We're getting some some firings. And then of course the the Struber one was announced, and I was like, that makes sense. 
But the day before, this is what one I thought may have been announced first. The day before, there was a tweet saying that, uh, I'm not sure how valid it was, that LA was going to have meetings about maybe potentially firing Greg Vanny. So I thought, you know, going into Monday, like, okay, maybe that'll be the only move made. But then we got Ezra and Struber getting fired and no word on the Vaney thing. So I mean, look, this is two Eastern conference teams that are both at the bottom of their, t- of the table, 15th and 14th. They're making a move. They think this might be able to save them. And, you know, it's still early enough where it can, they're still within a playoff spot. Um, points wise, like they can easily leapfrog into it. So Logan, just like your thoughts here, were you shocked at all by these two when I was like, Hey, these two just got fired. <laughs> I would, I would say I agree with you in the fact that I thought Gerhard Struber was, that wasn't shocking to me. I mean, you lose another game and it was pretty much like the writing was on the wall that they could fire him without any kind of pushback. And I think fans were kind of wanting it to happen. I think the club was pretty, and from what he said in the press conference, he said something similar to the to the likes of like uh, I, you know, I wanted to be gone. It, it felt like it was time. Like they they wanted me gone. New York wants me gone. I want to be gone. It was kind of like this mutual like let's just let's just end it now. This yeah, is they, bad. yeah. <laughs> I forgot to say that they when they announced this, they said they mutually agreed to part ways, which. I never know how true that is. That's the nice way to say that yeah. you want to leave or we can fire you. And he right. said, yeah, I think it's best. Yeah, I think we... I'll leave. I don't get <laughs> severance though, but yeah, yeah, I guess I'll leave. Yeah. And I think somebody that like that, I mean, at that, at that level, I think you, you're pretty much uh, guaranteed a job elsewhere, especially in this game. Like this sport's a lot different, I think, than like the NBA and NFL. Oh, there's so like... many leagues. <clears throat> yeah. Too. So you, you got tons and of chances. Pay. Yeah, and they pay well, so it, it's not like, and he's international anyway, so it's kind of like, you know, I, I think with that all kind of wrapped into it, I think that this sport, you see a lot more of that with the managers just go, you know what, it's time to move on, it was time for a different challenge, whereas in the NBA and NFL, they're like, oh my gosh, I might never give another job, and then they got to go coach in college, so um, it's a lot different, but no, I, that's the one, Jordan, that I thought was pretty obvious the Ezra one came out of nowhere. Um, I thought, I mean, they, yeah, they're not playing as well as, you know, but the team's not very good. So it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's... tweeted something similar uh, that the issue, and I think we all kind of agree with this and which is why I kept saying, anytime you asked me about Hendrickson getting fired, I was like, I don't know. I think there's bigger problems in Chicago than the coach. And I mean, you have Shakiri who hasn't done anything for in MLS, right? And that's a DP. And they're willing to spend money, but they just always make it on the wrong players, it feels like Chicago. So I don't know. That that kind of really sucks for Ezra Hendrickson. And then, you know, of course the elephant in the room, right, is that that's going to lower um you know having an African American coach or uh, or a black coach. Um because they don't they're not always African American. We'd had, you know, like Patrice Evra who was um, not Evera, sorry. Um, we had, um, Patrick Vieira. Yeah. Patrick Vieira. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Evera. Why? That was my <laughs> but Patrick Vieira, you know, he, you know, obviously is not American. He was coming from Europe. So I think they said we're down to t- two out of 30, some positions or two out of 29 positions that are 
um, black, I think, coaches. Because Ezra was, I think there was only three. So I think with Ezra getting fired, that is like a huge decrease. And not many actually get chances in the league here either. So, I mean, look who's replaced him. Frank Kloppis, who uh, has, my God, been around <laughs> for ever. Um, he he was on the assistant. He was like an assistant coach uh, on the staff for them. Um, he also took over when uh, Rafael Wicke got let go at the end of 2020 or in the middle of 2021. And Kloppis, of course, coached them from 2011 to 2013. So he's been around the league coaching since 2011. He was at the impact uh, from 2013 to 2015. And then he's been an assistant since 2020, pretty much. And he's been an interim coach every so often for the fire. And this is what I don't get. Do you, like, none of those years were the fire, like, really great either under Kloppis. So why do we get this trend of, like, just recycling the same people that still don't do anything? Right. Like, I don't this doesn't move the needle for me. I don't think all of a sudden the fire are going to go on a run of not giving up late goals. It just seems. Bizarre, I wish I could. I'm going to see if I can find his. Like man, managerial record because. I don't, OK, here it is. So his first stint with Chicago when he was 2011 to 2013. 34 wins, 17 draws, 25 losses out of 76 games. Pretty okay. With Montreal, it was uh, 58 games, 16 wins, 16 draws, 26 losses. And then with the fire under interim from September 30th to November, is only six games, two wins, one draw, three losses. So again, it doesn't really give you Anything. As a coach, he's only won the Canadian Championship with Montreal. That's it. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's good. He's an assistant. He knows the players and everything. But obviously, that whole regime has not worked out well for them if they're firing Ezra. So I'm not really sure why they'd want to keep Kloppus. Yeah, I, I'm starting to wonder, too. Um, I wonder if any of this, like, uh, and I'll, there's going to be a lot of managerial spots open, I think. And maybe they kind of do the carousel thing here. But I, I do start to wonder how much of, of 2024 is really kind of factored in to, you know, the idea of who's going to take over the U.S. men's national team coach and looking forward to 2024, because I think that's essentially when we get – uh, you know, maybe it's before then, but it seems like that's the trajectory in which we're on. We're waiting kind of for this coach to come along that we really want. I, I have a weird feeling it's Jim Curtin that they want, and it, they're kind of waiting to see what he used to play there. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you so mean I'm, for the USA or for, um, for US? Oh, US, I, I thought you meant for sorry. fire. No. Uh, Cause Tom Bogart no. linked him with the fire because he used to play for and, the and Red Bull too. Like yeah. Curtin's going to get linked to everybody because his contracts run out. But I think, I think the, the needle's going to fall. Um, when I, I think the ultimately U.S. men's national team uh, vacancies filled because I do feel like there's a lot of coaches out there in the pool that would coach MLS that would also have interest in coaching the U.S. men's national team. So I wonder how much of that and, and Jesse Marsh is still, you know, is still a name out there. I think that that people will look for and kind of see if he's interested in that. But they also see if he's interested in U.S. men's national team coach. Like maybe it's Jim Curtin, maybe it's Jesse that they're interested in. Maybe it's both because we've we've heard Jim Curtin say that it doesn't matter. He 
he'd be an assistant coach for the U.S. men's national team if it came to that. So I don't know. It seems like all these teams are going to have a lot of options. <laughs> U.S. men's national team is going to have a lot of options to pick from whoever it is that they want. It seems like all the coaches, Jordan, that we've talked about and kind of thrown around and kicked around a little bit, they all might be free agents at this point. Um, ready to coach us men's national team so i think that'll be interesting because once that once that falls then i think everybody will kind of scatter and see where we land but uh this one's an interesting one the chicago fire aren't going anywhere so i think that's that's part of it too is this ownership just doesn't take it seriously enough to to really put a good product out there so they don't give a crap about what their team does and i think the red bull unfortunately are going that same direction it seems like they just don't really care yeah, and replacing Struber is Troy Lesens, um, if I said that right, Lesens, um, head coach uh, through the end of 2023 MLS season. He joined the club as an assistant coach in January 2022. He used to coach in USL as well. Uh, so we'll see how, how they go. Red Bull state that this firing had nothing to do with the Venzier issue, which I think we all kind of thought because they would have probably have pulled that a little earlier <laughs> if it was due to that. It, it mostly came down to the fact that they're sitting bottom of the East um, by two points too. Um, now, of course they're only five points out of the playoff spot. So if they do turn it around, they still have time. And with the way that like the teams from fifth place down are playing in the East, which is NYCFC on down, that's, uh, really reasonable i i don't think we even i don't know i don't i don't want to say i don't think new york will finish bottom but like there's a good chance that we keep seeing the bottom team flip throughout the season (laughs) with the way some of these teams are playing uh so there you go i know some people were calling for neville's head they're only two points off of playoff spot now so it all you know it all can change in a week or two um, one of the things that came out, like I said, was the Greg Vanny thing. Uh, Chicharito post game here, or I think it may have been the next day. I'm not sure. Said, yeah, we need so many things to change starting from like, I believe that more people need to come here and face the things where the same people speaking always, which means that it's always the players and the coach that is getting the brunt of this in the press here. Who else can step up and talk to the press? Chris Klein, I think, is who he's kind of thrown under the bus there, Chicharito. <laughs> it's like, we're the ones that always got to answer yeah. for your sins, Chris. So come on right. down. <laughs> I mean, why Chris is sitting up in a luxury box going, yeah, I'd rather not. This isn't fun. This is not fun at all. So, And I think Chris Klein owns a couple. Like, doesn't he have minority stakes in other clubs? Or, uh, sorry, not clubs, uh, sports. I feel like he's got. I don't think so. I don't know. No. He played. Maybe it's he other to, businesses. He used to play for. Uh, well, it depends on who you're talking about. There is Chris Klein, the actor who played Oz in American Pie. But no, I don't know if. Um, he might be a better GM. He might. <laughs> <laughs> All I know from Chris Klein is he's a former MLS player. Uh, he played for the Galaxy, and his only executive career is with <laughs> the galaxy that he somehow became president of after retiring as a player. Like I don't, it's all very shaky uh, stuff there. So that's all his Wikipedia page says. They don't, they don't give me any of his investment portfolio. So unfortunately I cannot 
confirm or deny any of that. But no, I do think it's interesting about the Greg Vanny thing because we've kind of talked about, you know, where does LA stand with this? They've been kind of perfectly content <laughs> to sit with Chris Klein while all the fans are re- revolting against them. But, you know, maybe Greg Vanny has had enough time, is what <laughs> they think. Chris Klein's been there since like 2014. Um, and, and I always thought, well, maybe with the new guy coming over from LAFC, that they would also be like, maybe he likes Vanny and is like, oh, you know what? I, let me get some time to reshape this but i think eventually there will be an la galaxy scapegoat and we got to figure out is aeg going to bring it down on klein or are they going to bring it down on greg vanny who i think hasn't had the best of times like the the best players brought in or anything like that but they sit 13th with six points. And now that Sporting got a win, you know, they're even with Sporting Kansas City. So they're four points off of 12th. There's a much bigger gap in the West than there is in the East right now for some of these teams that it is more and more conceivably hard for a team like the Galaxy, who are six points off a playoff spot, to kind of get up and running to get that's two wins. That's two wins. They don't have that at all. They have one win and um, three draws. Same thing as SKC now. So again, it's it becomes a numbers game as we're uh, mostly 10 games in. Some of these teams have 11 games played. You think it's hard for, like, I feel like it's hard for LA and, and that ownership to to want to get rid of Fanny. Like, I, I don't know. Like it, it feels, it feels like if you're going to get rid of, I mean, he's really going to have to get into some stuff here where I think like he's going to have to lose a couple more games for them to really just go, you know what? I think we'll make him, but it's still not going to get rid of Chris Klein. Like Chris Klein's got such a huge shadow that he's casted over LA. Like they're, they're never going to get out of it until he gets out of there. Yeah. And he seems very reluctant to give up a club that he played for like that's got to be extremely difficult for him to want to part ways with a team that he is probably so invested in obviously with money and i don't know i mean he played for them in like their best days yeah and if you if you're literally at the top and you see this team sitting near bottom of the west and you played for them when they were good like wouldn't you be like i'm not getting it done it's best for me. To, like if I really love the club, I would probably step aside. Right. Especially when you have all the fans protesting against you. There's at one point you have to save face. I don't know how else you save face here other than winning MLS cup. And even then I feel like the, the, the fans will be like, well, he did it in spite of him. Right. Like I don't think there's any chance the fans all of a sudden come around to him anymore. So you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't if you're chris klein for me i would like i'd like to think right i mean of course it's a cushy job for him too probably i'd like to think that if i'm in charge of a club i really love no matter the sport if i took them from their heyday to where they're irrelevant in la i like to think i'd be stepping aside like i'm hurting the club i love more by being involved but, you know, sometimes people have blinders on and, and don't see it that way, I guess. So that's all the 
big coaching changes. We'll see if anything else happens throughout the time here. Uh, throughout today's show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reverting uh, back to before the weekend, there was the second leg of the CONCACAF Champions League last Wednesday, I believe it was. And it was uh, um, LAFC versus Philadelphia Union. They were tied 1-1 going to LA. Logan, this game had all of the Philadelphia Union fans on Twitter upset. It was not a good game from Philly. And there was a goal 13 minutes in from Tillman. So at that point, I know this sounds like a bad fan. I was like, that's it. (laughs) 2-1. We have to score two more because of the away goal. In L.A. against a team that's still in really great form, I was like, that's not happening. And I was right. It didn't happen. But you had Imbazio, who got a stupid yellow card for an argument in the 41st minute. And then another stupid yellow in the 59th minute. He gets sent off, and I was like, okay, now it's really over. Because now you're down a man, still needing two goals. And then in the 82nd minute, Opoku scored. And then Bowanga scoring in the 90th minute to give LA a 3-0 win. That's 4-1 aggregate. That's all she wrote. Logan, there was so much. I I don't know if you had a chance to see this game because I'm not sure. I think you may have been left or already packing, but this game was a Jim Curtin disaster class. Like, if you are somebody that wants Jim Curtin to coach the U.S. men's national team and you watch this game, your opinion will change. And I'm not saying that to get on Jim. He owned up to it after the game. But the subs were late, and they were not not the right moves. Bringing out Ura, when you're down and needing uh, three goals, two or three goals, taking off Ura and bringing in a defender like Harriol into the into the game was mind-boggling. That's right after the red card. Why are you going defensive? Lose seven nothing then. Just you got to go forward, and then bringing in in the seventy seventh minute, taking out Jack McGlynn, who was you know been really great for them and bringing in Quinn Sullivan and then bringing in Torres for Kronza in the 88th minute. You're already, why are the attacking subs so late? And why when Torres had started off the season pretty well, is he being relegated to three minute subbins all the time? This is consistent with Curtin where he's been giving these players a long leash in the starting 11 and making these subs in the 70th, 80th, 88th minute. And Ernst Tanner brought in this depth for us to compete in the CONCACAF Champions League and the league at the same time. And instead, we're just running out the same people who are exhausted. Bedoya looked completely toast during the game. Uh, Curtin did own up to it after the fact. I think it was the pre the pre um, pre game for the Saturday match where he kind of owned up to how he has to use the depth more. But I just feel like with how people are upset with Burholter all the time uh, with his guys, I think people would be very upset with Curtin kind of riding out some of these 
we have depth and we have good depth. I mean, we have, we don't even see Pereira that much from Orlando when we brought him in. I don't really understand why we brought in all this depth and don't even use it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think like you look at your roster and, and they're not like old, but I mean, guys are like 28, 29, um, Glesnus is 29, Patoya is 36. Like he's just not somebody that can play every game. And yet he's played 10 matches. He, he now leads that he's tied for lead with the team and 10 matches played. Um, and if you look back at the games that they've played MLS, they've played 10 matches. So to, to have Bedoya playing all of your matches, um, and, and then having to play CCL, I mean, the guy's not, the guy's not young. And hell, last year he about fell apart. I thought on the field. So, um, I mean, there was a there was a point where I mean, in the playoffs, they were just looking to throw him out there for fifteen minutes to hopefully get something out of him. But it just never seemed to really kind of fit because he was just so worn out, so much older than the rest of the guys. I mean, it, and he's the heartbeat of that team, and I think that's where they kind of it kind of falls off there. But to play all these guys. Um, as much as he does. And like you said, Jordan Perea only has played five matches. Um, he started in one. Uh, and that was something I remember talking to Todd about this when I previewed the Orlando and Philly game is he's like, and this was way back at the very beginning of the year. I mean, I think we were only four or five matches in. Yeah, and I think it was like game three or four. Yeah. I think Todd talked, I mean, he talked to Jim and Jim was like, I mean, we really got to use our depth. I mean, our depth's great. And, that, and he was playing Andre Perea and he was playing, you know, um, Joaquin Torres or yeah. And it was like, why all of a sudden has he reverted back to this? Like, let's just play the same starters. Cause I was shocked in the halfway point through the week and he's playing, you know, the same roster over and over and over. And I'm like, these guys are going to get absolutely, you know, but they are. I mean, they're, they're just worn out, it seems. And a 3-0 loss to L.A. and L.A., I mean, that's We, we usually play them a lot better there, but they, yeah. they were just exhausted. I mean, there was nothing. And plus stupid yellow cards that get you red cards. And um, not to stay on this too long, but I think, I think the reason it shocked me so much is because, you know, even week one, when people asked about, hey, um, when I was there, right. And I'm in the press conference room and they say, well, you know, praising Torres. And he said, you know, there's so many players that are trying to get their minutes in and I'm going to have to juggle that. And he just hasn't juggled that very well. Uh, I really wonder sometimes how that goes for like, does Tanner call him in at all and say, dude, I just bought you all these pieces. Like you got to start using them. You know, uh, the, the union are out of the CCL now. And he says, yeah, I got to start using my depth more. I'm like, well, that, that was the whole reason we bought depth, right? was to compete for that as well as keep it pretty good on the league. But that's over now. Um, and, and Supporter Shield is shot. So really, your your only possibilities are Open Cup and MLS Cup. And, and Leagues Cup, but I don't think they're winning Leagues Cup. So you have two realistic chances. And they got to get a trophy this year because if they don't, this really looks bad, Logan. It looks really bad that the only trophy they got in this time was in a shortened season where they were going to scrap the supporter shield to begin with and then reinstated it when everyone flipped out. Uh, I mean, it was a very unbalanced schedule in the 2020 supporter shield. 
Um, so, look, they keep losing in the big games. Open Cup Finals, MLS Cup Finals, MLS Semifinals, CCL Semifinals twice now. Just a bummer if you're a, a Philly fan, especially if you have to watch the rest of the Philly teams too. <laughs> ah, the Eagles at least made the Super Bowl. Yes, yes, at least they <laughs> made well, you know the so yeah. did the uh so did the Phillies. They reached their final. Right. That's true. The Sixers are not going to reach their their final destination, I don't think either. So no, they're two and two right now. They 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 can uh-huh. they can win the series. But it's also Philly. Yeah. So. No, they'll reach the NBA finals and lose or something. That would be <laughs> awful for Philly fans. What man. a torture that would be. That would be. Um, okay, Sporting get their first win. This was a shock. I, you know, I'm out going to do some grocery shopping, and my wife and I are like, let's have a like dinner date. We go to the place they actually have the game on, so that was nice. I sit down. It's halftime, and I'm like, oh, cool. They they have the game on. Let me see what the score is. Two nothing sporting Kansas City in the first half. What? Some really good goals too, actually. Uh by by sporting. They do give up a penalty where Seattle step up, convert it, but they couldn't really string enough together to to really um put much put much together to, to win the game here or even draw late. So just just what a shock. Vermees save his job. Did you ask if for me saved his job or did you say for me? I just said for me saved his job. But I mean, like, do you think that's, I I think he still had the whole season anyway, but I mean, I think so too. Like, I think this thing could get so ugly and they just still hold on for dear life just because like, I don't know. They seem very loyal to him, Um, which I kind of get. He's been there forever, but at some point, man, we talked about this in depth last week is gotta let it go. (laughs) Let it go. Restart, hit reset. Tell Peter to enjoy retirement and go just Peter, go live on a farm somewhere, man. Just get rid of it. Go live on a beach. The other big storyline, of course, is no more undefeated teams as LAFC have now lost to San Jose two to one. San Jose um, had a, uh, they're up to fourth place in the West Logan. This is uh, a team that I think, what, what what did I have them at? I think I had them higher than last year. Was I buying the San Jose hype? No, I wasn't. I had them 11th. You had them higher this year. You had them at 8th where they can reasonably still fall to. But they've been really good this year. Um, Logan, they've only given up 14 goals. This is a team that was giving up like 70-some goals a season. <laughs> and they're at only giving up 14. They have a positive goal differential. They just suck away from home. But other than that, they're a pretty good team. Yeah, they go and get Jonathan Mensa from the crew. I think that's helped some having that veteran presence that they really didn't have with Calvo in them. They just, it seems like they leak goals. I mean, for three straight years, we've talked about them just leaking goals. Now all of a sudden they seem to not leak as many and and they can score with the best of them. I mean, they're, they're some of the best attacking players uh, in the league. I mean, you got Jeremy Abobasi and Christian Espinosa. Those are two top caliber attacking players that you're throwing up there. Um, not to mention that Montero's played pretty well um, when he's played. Um, Union could use somebody like that and a little little depth piece, you know. Um, but <laughs> it's not like Jim would play him. Um, but no, I, I think, you know, you look at this roster and 
Um, I mean, we've talked about it. We talked about how it's Christian Espinosa at Bobasier bust in the attack, and it's, it's somewhat true. It scored 13 goals. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm really impressed with him. I think Christian Espinosa is throwing his name out there as an MVP candidate so far this year. Eight goals in, in 11 matches, uh, three assists. I thought he's looked great. Um, there's some really good players in this league this year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, if I'm San Jose, I'm going, man, we could really use a home playoff game. Like, I, I think we could reasonably get to that point where we're talking about San Jose. And, and Luchi Gonzalez has them playing a lot better uh, than he ever had uh, Dallas playing. So, uh, you know, uh, it's it's cool to watch. I think it it is a talented roster. Cade Cal hasn't really done anything yet either. So if they can get him going, which I thought he was going to have a bigger year than he's had. He's got no goals so far, which has kind of been a bust for the young kid. But again, he's 19 years old. If he figures it out, you know, if he sees one go in, it's only a matter of time, I think, before he starts scoring. So imagine he starts scoring, then you really got a, a squad. So I'm interested to kind of see how they go throughout the year. I don't know if Christian Espinosa keeps this up, but he's always been a really good player in MLS. So I guess we'll see. Uh, Union beat the Red Bulls on an awful penalty decision. I'm not sure. Look, the VAR says, hey, take a, take a look at this. The ref goes over there, watches it for like 25 minutes. And then comes back and says, nope, it's still a penalty. And he did it wrong, by the way. Because you're only supposed to do the box if you're changing the call. But he did the box and he still pointed it. And I was like, I don't know what this dude's doing. I don't think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> but I've only seen them do the box when they overturn it. I've Anytime it's the same, they just kind of come out and say like, no. And... I mean, it's just a little bit of contact, and Carranza goes down. And uh, I saw a lot of Twitter like he got absolutely murdered in the box. Unbelievable contact, <laughs> probably the biggest hit I've seen. Sure, yeah. Uh, you know, there, there are <laughs> wow. some there are some Union fans that d- probably do think that. Um, but I watched that and I was like, this is not a good it's call. A flop. I think he got fined five hundred thousand dollars after the game. <laughs> That would be interesting, wouldn't it? If they're like, well, we've oh, yeah, reviewed it. Soccer. <laughs> meant, like, we've reviewed it, um, and we still gave the penalty, but we're going to fine you for flopping. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's how the Union win. That was not a good game, by the way. Union Red Bulls was not good. There's a reason Struber was fired. Um, but the Union move up to uh, where are they at now? Seventh place. They would be in the playoffs as if it was last year. So, yeah. Uh, should be feeling a little better about that. They have one less competition to deal with now. So I'm sure they'll be happy about keep on moving up the table if they can. Joseph Martinez hit goal number a hundred as he scored against his former club. This was a fun game here as they, um, as Miami beat Atlanta two to one that again, puts Miami up to 10th place, only two points behind Orlando who has the last playoff spot and Atlanta stays fourth with 18 points. Uh, They could have let frog Nashville if they would have won that game, but I just didn't really have it in them. This was in Miami, by the way, and this was like the first Miami win in like, I don't know a while. Right. Yeah, because they had lost, I think, five straight, hadn't they? I think so. I don't know. They have four. No, they did win. What the hell did they win, then? I'm looking. They oh, they just beat oh, Columbus. Perfect. That's 
I was like, but they did before it, that. Have yeah, a really before that, they had had a really bad stretch. Yeah, yes. yeah. You'd yeah. think we'd know this talking about it every week, but I guess not. Right. Yeah, well, it all starts to mesh together this time of year because <laughs> they're playing every other day. They're playing tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got the, uh, the Open Cup Open. going on as we're talking here. But Joseph Martinez, he's still not even 30, right? He's got 100 goals. Yeah, it's wild. If he stays healthy, he can be really, like, good. It's just not, like, really good. I mean, it's, like, really, like, he can break the record for most goals and all that kind of stuff. But it all comes down to on if he's going to stay healthy. He turns 30 in, like, 10 days. <laughs> That's crazy. He's younger Happy than me. Joseph. Isn't yeah. that crazy? He's younger yeah. than us. The godfather yeah. is uh, the young He's man, the godson. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're the godfather now. Okay, right. Montreal beat Orlando 2-0. Montreal starting to get it going. They're now up to 11th place in the East and only two points out of a playoff spot. This is uh, – look, Orlando has been awful. I'm just going to say it. Negative two goal differential. They have 14 points, which is on par with Columbus, Philly, and D.C. But really, everyone is saying they had the best transfer window coming into the season. They have not gelled. I I don't know what you do. Does Oscar Prea deserve to stay if they finish ninth in the East, Logan? Does he deserve to stay if they miss a playoff spot? Like His job can't be that secure, right? I would think like his job would be in danger just because I mean they like you said they go and had one of the best transfer windows but yet those players haven't quite gelled. He seems to really not know who he wants to go with up top. It's between Duncan McGuire if he's healthy. Um, it's got Eric Giancaro who's only played in five matches because he's not been as healthy either. So it's just been a a collection of just guys that just don't score. Um, and I think that's been the big issue that we've had for a couple of years now. Ever since Daryl DK left, it, it's been. It's been pretty tough to find goals. Um, he and Nani were just carrying that team for so long. It just, I think it's exposed now that they truly don't have uh, a guy that's stepping up into those shoes. Facundo Torres hasn't been as good this year either. Um, so I think that's been an instance and an issue. Um, but again, they, like you said, they, it's pretty much they just haven't gelled. It's an up and down roller coaster ride, which is usually a, a key indicator of a team that's just not gelled yet and, and not consistent enough. And that's what happens when you don't score goals and they've had a really tough time scoring. So, um, let alone problems at home. So they, they just always seem to struggle, uh, in a place that they should be one of the best in the league, but they're one of the worst. So. in Montreal, what's that like two wins in a row or something? Three, three wins in a row. Yeah. He's a whiz. Right. Losada yeah, is getting them going now. I mean, they, they have Jordan beaten the Red Bulls, Sporting Kansas City, and Orlando, but... And the Union. They did beat them they earlier in the season, games. too. You got to win those games that you're supposed to win, right? I think that's the, the moniker. Um, yeah, for the and a couple really a couple playing. that you're supposed to lose, too. I feel like it would help. <laughs> help get you closer to the playoffs. Uh, New England stay top of the East. They beat Toronto 2-0. I didn't realize this until I was looking at this, but Toronto have now fallen all the way to 13th place in the Eastern Conference. I feel like it was not that long ago that we had Toronto in like 7th, 8th, ninth, bottom of the playoff spots. And here they are, 
all the way down to 13th. They're only three points better than the Red Bulls. They're only one point better than the Chicago Fire. Bob Bradley's job, and this is going to sound like Logan and I are just asking for people to get fired the last three weeks, but Bob Bradley's job is on the line. It's got to be on the line. He's got to be on the hot seat because Toronto, once in a playoff spot, are now all the way down to 13th, and Bob Bradley's job is going to be on the line. Logan, while you just stepped out there, I just said that uh, it's going to sound like you and I are calling for everyone's head the last three weeks, but I said Bob Bradley's job has got to be on the line because they were in a playoff spot at one point this season. And we were like, Oh, they're kind of like on and off. And then now they're all the way down to 13th. And they're only, um, one point above Chicago and three points above New York. It's, it's not looking so good for Toronto. Yeah. And again, I think it, it goes with that, like that idea in behind why Greg Vanny is still coaching and Peter Vermees is still coaching. Gio Savarese was still coaching. Like, well, <laughs> I think, Jordan, what you run into is, and this happens all the time in other sports too. It's not just soccer related, but it seems like it's this league. It's just they latch on to these good coaches who are good at one point, but they just hold on and they they overstay their welcome. And I think, you know, as the league grows, I think they'll get better. They'll, but again, soccer is so strange. It's like a carousel. It's in every single league. It's not just this league. It's in Europe as well where it's just this carousel of coaches. I mean, how many times is Frank Lampard going to coach um, the same club? Like, it, it just seems like it's this nonstop, just get off, get back on, get off, get back on. How many times is he going to coach a club and make them worse is the real <laughs> question for Frank Lampard because it's been, it's been a couple times now. Yeah. Uh, Dallas and St. Louis was abandoned due to lightning. They were apparently supposed to restart up at one point, and then it, another lightning strike happened, which then pushed the timer back another 30 minutes. And then I guess it got to the point where it was so late, they just had had to call it. Um, that was like, I think, half, I think it was halfway into the game or 19 minutes into the game, something like that. So we'll see. I don't know when they'll remake that up or. Uh, I don't think we got any news on that. Houston and Salt Lake drew nil-nil. Nashville destroyed the fire 3-0. Rapids beat L.A. in L.A. 3-1. Even Kevin Cabral got on the score sheet. That's how badly L.A. Galaxy have royally screwed up their team uh, this season. I don't think there's much to say there. We kind of covered that with the Greg Vanny stuff earlier. Uh, Portland drew with Austin 2-2. Vancouver edged out Minnesota 3-2. And Charlotte edged out NYCFC 3-2 for a huge win for them. And Cincy beat DC 2-1. So where does that put our standings right now? New England and Cincy are both tied for first in the East still with 24 points. Then you have a six-point gap until third place, which is where Nashville resides with 18 points atlanta in fourth with 18 then a three-point gap to fifth place nycfc with 15 points columbus with 14 philly with 14 dc with 14 orlando with 14 end of the playoff spots miami in 10th with 12 points montreal in 11th with 12 points charlotte in 12th with 12 points toronto in 13th with 12 points then a one-point gap here for Chicago in 14th with 11, and New York Red Bulls in 15th with 9. 
it is severely bunched up. Anywhere from fifth place to fourteenth is a uh what four point gap. <laughs> That's gonna move around consistently uh throughout the season. So really anything top four up, I think those teams are pretty pretty safe. Uh, top four up, especially the top two. New England and Cincinnati have a six-point gap. That's pretty remarkable um, this early in the season, I would say. Even in the West, it's a little bunched up for the first four teams. Seattle still in first with 20 points. St. Louis in second with 19. LAFC in third with 18. San Jose in fourth with 18. Then you have a three-point gap here for Dallas in fifth with 15. Houston in sixth with 14. Vancouver in seventh with 14. Minnesota in eighth with 12. Portland in ninth with 12. Colorado outside of the playoff spots with 12 points. RSL in 11th with 11. Austin still near the bottom. They have 10 points there in 12th. And then LA and SKC with six points there in 13th and 14th. Absolutely crazy uh, with where this is currently going for the league. Um, Who would have thought that the Eastern Conference would have two teams in a supporter shield race while uh, the, you know, they have a four point leg up on Seattle over in the East for supporter shield. That's pretty nuts. Uh, We have Open Cup going on right now, which is Charlotte and Orlando are playing. Miami and Charleston are currently playing. Toronto and Montreal are playing in the Canadian Championship. The Revs are facing the Pittsburgh Riverhounds from the USL. And New York Red Bull are currently playing against D.C. Those games are all within 2 to 31 minutes of played. Then at 8 o'clock, Chicago, St. Louis, Minnesota, Philly at 8.30, Monterey Bay hosting LAFC at 10.30, Sac Republic hosting Colorado at 10.30. Tomorrow, May 10th, we have Cincy hosting NYCFC, Loudoun hosting Columbus Crew, York hosting Vancouver in the Canadian Championship, Birmingham hosting Memphis in the Open Cup, Houston hosting SKC, Nashville hosting Dallas, Austin hosting New Mexico, LA Galaxy hosting Seattle, and Portland hosting RSL. I guess let's go ahead and preview the upcoming games. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. Uh, one thing on the U.S. Open Cup, Jordan jo- Josie Altador is currently playing right, ba- right back for the Revs. <laughs> nice. Uh, we'll see how that goes for him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. I pressed that like 30 times and it only just now went. I don't know why it took so long. <laughs> All right, so one thing to change here is supposedly you're only supposed to get sometimes two free games a week, but this week they have still like five listed, six listed. So last week was two free games. This week is back to six. I don't know. They're supposed to tell you now only a week in advance instead of whatever it was before. But starting at one o'clock on Saturday, Chicago hosts St. Louis for Apple TV. That was free. Atlanta hosting Charlotte at 730 is free. 
Columbus hosting Orlando at 7.30. That's not free. D.C. hosting Nashville at 7.30. Miami hosting New England at 7.30. That is free. Montreal hosting Toronto in a Canadian battle. Uh, New York Red Bull hosting NYCFC at Red Bull Arena. That is the uh, Hudson River Derby. That's at 7.30. Austin hosting Dallas at 8.30. Houston hosting Seattle at 8.30. SKC hosting Minnesota at 8.30. Colorado hosting Philadelphia at 9.30. RSL hosting LAFC at 9.30. That one's free. And Portland hosting Vancouver at 10.30. That one is free. And then on Sunday, LA Galaxy versus San Jose at 9.30 p.m. That is free and on FS1. So, Logan, I ask you, what's your match of the week? I'd say turn it off. Don't watch any of these. (laughs) These are awful. There's some rivalry games here. What are you talking about? It's like rivalry rivalry. week here. Yeah, they're rivalry. It is rivalry week. Yeah. It is true. Um, (laughs) These are so bad. (laughs) These matchups. I, I guess, oh gosh, um, shoot, I, I guess, let's just go for fun. I really want to see what San Jose can do. So on Sunday, they've got the LA Galaxy. Um, and you said LA Galaxy are hosting that, right? I think yeah. You said. Yeah. Um, so I think a re- really tough match for San Jose going on the road. I'm excited to kind of see, can they keep pace? Can they keep up uh, in that fourth spot? Uh, because LAFC's got nine games in hand. Eventually, they're going to have to play those two games. St. Louis has got a game in hand. Uh, so Seattle and San Jose in that top four in the Western Conference are the only teams that have played the 11 matches. Uh, so, you know, San Jose's got to win to keep pace with the top four. And I'm kind of interested to see, you know, can they stay above Dallas? Can they stay above a Dynamo team that's looked a lot better? Um, I, I think that's, you know, something that I it, it'll be interesting to watch. And then, you know, can Christian Espinosa continue the MVP form that he's been in? Can Jeremy Obobese continue pace and score some goals? Uh, and will the LA Galaxy get out of their own way? I don't think it's going to happen, um, but we can always see uh, if it does. But yeah, that's my match of the week. Um, Jordan, I forgot. I don't know if you knew this. Did you know that Emmanuel Reynoso is back? In Minnesota. Yeah, we should have talked about that, I guess. I uh, forgot about he, that until he, I saw the loons. He arrived like midweek. Yeah. People don't know if he's going to play, though. They don't know why he's back. How are we feeling about the black or back-to-back? I thought he was going to say the black and blue. Back-to-back Ws for San Jose against LA teams. Yeah, I mean, if they if they beat uh, the Galaxy, that'll be back-to-back LA. That, um, LA wins for San Jose. That'd be pretty big for them. I mean, they're in a good position in the league, so they could conceivably do that. They got the hardest one out of the way, which is, you know, look, even LA Galaxy at home, the Rapids just won there. I think San Jose can win there. No problem. Uh, It's just sometimes it's just going to be about the inconsistencies of the league, right? Sometimes you have games where you win games you should win, and then other times you have the sporting uh, Seattle type result from the weekend. So I guess it'll all kind of come down to that, but I don't have much faith in this LA galaxy team. So I would say, yeah, I, I think it's reasonable for San Jose to win that game. Let's see for mine. What do I want to pick? I think I'm going to go with. Ooh, 
Okay, I, I think I'm going to go. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Atlanta, Charlotte. I think I'm going to go with Atlanta, Charlotte. Charlotte just beat NYCFC. They're probably riding high. They're probably going to beat Orlando in the Open Cup here tonight. And then um, feeling pretty good that, you know, that should be a good game to watch, I think. I'm going to say, like, Atlanta probably wins that game, like 3-1. But I think it'll be a, a fun game uh, between the two rivals. And I put rivals in quotation marks here because they've barely played each other so far. All right. Anything else before we dip out? Um, I mean, it looks like a lot of the U.S. men's national team players, Jordan, are going to be on the move this summer. That's exciting. We haven't done a whole lot of U.S. men's national team news. But it sounds like Kristen Pulisic is going to be in Italy playing, possibly. Uh, Sergino Des got to go find somewhere to play because he's not playing at all. Um, I think he's got some he's got some issues. I think that I, ultimately, if I'm more concerned for anybody, I think it's Sergino, just of the positioning where he is currently. Um, I think you're going to see Yunus Musa in the Premier League, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, no, lots of shifting around. Maybe we'll do an episode, Jordan, uh, later on this summer when they all do start to kind of fall into place and talk a little bit yeah. about U.S. men's national team because it does sound like they're all going to be moving. Weston McKinney, I think, slowly leads alone won't be something that sticks. So I think he'll be on the move too. So especially if they go down, which is yeah. looking increasingly likely. Right. to be going down. They're in like 19th place. Only a couple games left. Matt Turner and Arsenal kind of blew the Premier League, so we'll see. He needs to go find somewhere else to put too. Yeah, I would probably agree with that as well. Um, Stefan probably needs to go somewhere else. I didn't know he still played. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Horvath and all of them. Um, but yeah, lots of, uh, us men's national team news coming, I think. So, well, yeah, hopefully in the summer we get a coach and we can have a whole episode dedicated to that. We have a GM now, so at least that part's out of the way, but yeah. Yeah, we can do a whole episode. Yeah. Yeah, we can. Uh, once, once we know who it is, right. Um, we can kind of dive into maybe what systems they've used before and stuff like that. If you missed it, there was a, um, quote from Joe Scally, right? Who said uh, he hopes that the next coach treats them as if it's a club, not a club team. Meaning that, you know, the way Burholter wanted to play was more, you know, more for club football where you have more time to really get that system going. When you're a national team manager, you want to simplify the tactics a bit. So that way, when you see them only three times a year, you can work on the simple stuff with them and just kind of find something that fits the players, which I think is probably the way to go. So I just found it interesting that Joe Scally said that. I like our players feeling like they can speak their mind, though, and not, I mean, there's no coach right now, so it's whatever. Especially being younger. Yeah, especially being younger. And I think all of them have done it tastefully. Yeah. I think Pepe, too. Like, even Pepe, I mean, he had a little bit of a – like, I think it was just a disappointment, but then he later on said that, yeah, I mean, there's really good players in this country, and if I want to be one of those, then I've got to prove it. So it, it's a, it's an incredible maturity. Tyler Adams is probably the most mature of the bunch, so it's always fun to listen to him talk. And it's unfortunate he's out. Right. But, 
Well, if you want to give us a follow, it's at Stateside Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, we will catch you all next time. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.